episode 21. We just read Animorphs book 18, The Decision. Which was an axe book. This is an axe book. Oh, I also, was... I'm Carrie. <laughs> I'm Megan. <laughs> we have names. We can't tell you our last this. names because, you know, the Yerks <laughs> might find us, except they're obviously plastered all over our Twitter profiles, so that's pretty easy to track down. Yeah. If only the, if only the Animorphs had a podcast. <laughs> if only, are you trying, are you rooting for the Yerks in this instance, in this scenario? Oh, yeah, I guess you can't really keep a podcast secret. The whole point is to get listeners. Well, on the other hand, I would absolutely listen to a whole podcast of Jake's terrible intro from the VHS tape version of this show, (laughs) where he's just like, hello, my name is Jake. I'm an Animorph. My friend Marco came up with this cool term for my friends who fight aliens. His whole little, like, vlog. Oh, my goodness, from the VHS. Okay. Woof. (laughs) Um... I need to get into this cinnamon bun adventure in the beginning. Oh my god, yes, please. Let's go immediately there. This is an axe book. Uh, Starts with a good, good side story. Um, so axe goes to the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I like is that there's a lot of intense stuff that happens later in this book, but in the intro, it's just axe narrating to, I think he's assuming, like, he's pretending to narrate to, like, other andalites about like what would happen right like how the animorphs are narrating to you the human reader of the book axe is narrating to you the andalite reader of he's, the book. he's maybe i'm surprised he's not more scholarly because he spends a little time talking about anticipating the story showing up in a scientific journal someday like you know i'm <laughs> sure it deserves at least like a nature paper um, but realistically it's going to be three andalite professors and then their grad <laughs> students and then axe as like the 27th author but I want to know about Andalite Academia. I want Arbron to get to be, like, a professor at Tailblade University. Oh, yeah, like, it, it's, um, it ties in with what Axe was talking about. I think it was the last book of his we read uh, where he was, like, he mentions it in this book also where he wants to, like, write a a. Oh, like like a, a guide about... to humans, yeah. <laughs> 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 Human morphs for dummies controlling your mouth parts. <laughs> like, I think in this book it, they're more... Um, explicit about, like, that's why Axe is narrating funny <laughs> to the reader. <laughs> and it's very um, good. I, I am pro this narrative device. It's excellent. Oh, it's so good, because he, 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 like, starts off explaining how, like, oh, I can blend in really well on Earth. Seamless. <laughs> Seamless. I can just, like, nobody can know that I'm not, like, nobody knows that I'm not a human. <laughs> um, while he's narrating this, like, adventure where he... Went to the mall, yelled at the guy at the cinnamon at the Cinnabon <laughs> place that he needed a job so he could buy Cinnabons. Yep. And then the guy like was like, "Oh, this poor kid, he must be so hungry. Um, <laughs> I can't give you a job because you're like a baby, but I can let you clear off the like trays and give you cinnamon buns in exchange." <laughs> Which is, I I was unaware that this unofficial like barter economy could still be put into play to this day. <laughs> Like, someone go test this out for us, please. Um, also, yeah, I'm, I also, I want to revoke his mouth privileges because <laughs> no. he did such a bad job describing eating. Well, one, yes, one, the speaking in general is a problem. But two, he talks about, like, when he's observing people at the tables who he's jealous of because they're hanging out and eating the delicious bunza, he just gives you the most clinical, terrible <laughs> description of eating that I've ever read, which is place foods into their mouth opening and grind the foods with the teeth while adding saliva. <laughs> He also Which does some true, really but... 
There's some really terrifying descriptions of people smiling, too. Oh, yeah, like Rick die of horror. Every time it happens, I'm like, oh, axe, baby. Oh, honey. Um, I also like the, the Cinnabon guy, um, I guess, to one of the other employees is like, oh. <laughs> there's something there's something weird about that kid, but he's a good-looking boy. <laughs> Oh like, my oh, god! It's he like is canonically he's canonically just John Hamm from Thirty Rock, as we've discussed, or you know Kevin from Ghostbusters, which is delightful as, either way. As soon as you told me that, it yeah. all fell into place. Yeah, <laughs> it, it all became so clear to me. <laughs> he is a beautiful disaster and a pretty hot mess. So he he tries to be a good a good kid and yeah. like clear off the trays but, but has an Amelia Bedelia slash Mrs. Piggle Wiggle <laughs> like clear the trays accidentally moment. Um and then he just starts like taking cinnamon cinnamon buns from people and eating them. <laughs> yeah. Oh prior prior to that even he's a garbage disposal. Like oh, his yeah. clearing the tables is just well I'll just eat all of this trash. So he eats <laughs> Some nachos, which he describes disgustingly, and also some ketchup packets and maybe the wrappers. And then, yeah, yeah, he comes across this this pair of humans who are sitting with fresh hot buns in front of him. They just want to enjoy the buns, Axe! (laughs) But, yeah, he basically tries to eat their cinnamon bun, and the manager's like, oh, this poor kid must be so hungry, let me... Let me, like, help him out. So this he, like, poor goes... manager. What good intentions. He's trying what to be a, a good kind soul. Yeah. So he just takes Axe into the back, and he's like, hey, I know you can't handle this because you're so hungry. <laughs> and so, child. so, so dumb. <laughs> so he's just, like, here, and he has, like, a like a tray of cinnamon buns. He's just like, hey, you can have one. It's fine. And Axe is like, there's a tray of cinnamon buns! <laughs> And what we find out when the scene switches to Marco explaining what happens when he happened upon the mall food court <laughs> is that Axe, I guess, ate every bun ate on the, the tray. Ate the entire tray. And then, like, realized that, like, human stomachs can only contain <laughs> so much cinnamon bun. Oh. And, like, he just had, like, a really intense, like, sugar high, yeah. like, stomach ache situation. He got, I, I got the impression that he got dizzy and fainted also yeah. because an ambulance was called. Like, paramedics were on scene <laughs> by the time Axe arrived. Uh, Marco arrived because Axe had done such a bad job with the buns. <laughs> so our, like... Our narrative of trying to figure out how Axe's stomach works is actually come to a conclusion. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's it's a in it's fine in that it's about a normal human stomach, and there's <laughs> only so much a normal human stomach can contain, even the most determined one. <laughs> like I do feel like if Axe if Axe didn't have to fight bad guys all the time, <laughs> he could probably like. Like, he could spend time perfecting this whole morphing and eating situation. He could be a competitive eater, yeah. Like, demorph in the bathroom, remorph, come back, like, attack those buns with a freshness. That's true, because he's all about quantity. <laughs> oh, yes. Quality. Not quality. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He could be the next uh, hot dog champ. Yes. I don't know any of their names, unfortunately. But let's just pretend that we made a better joke than that. Yeah. I'm a little <laughs> concerned about... Like, where is there to escalate from here with the saga of Axe and the Buns, right? Because yeah. we've got at least three more Axe books. There's 28, 38, yeah. 48. But, like, this is getting into, like, an Alexander wept because there were no Cinnabons left to conquer <laughs> situation. Like, what's after a whole tray? Like, he, yeah. he's reached his physical limitations. 
Well, I guess that just means things are going to go, <laughs> things are going to go bad. Things are, either things are going to go bad or he's going to have like a shonen training arc where he just increases his human stomach capacity. I mean, he still hasn't learned how to cook yet. That's so true. I wish, I wish he learned how to cook in, oh. <laughs> in the next one, but I'm pretty sure that's not what happens. No, but as always, I would read that fanfic in a heartbeat if you know where oh, it is. Goodness. Please tell us. So what, so what we skimmed over is the thing that, like, startled me when I first opened this book, which is that before this delightful adventure, the like, just the whole first page oh, yeah. is Axe being incredibly ominous, and, like, it's a really good, like, um, teaser for the whole book where he's saying, like, um... Like, he knows he's going to be in sci-fi journals for what happened. <laughs> and, like, the the zero-space mass extrusion, it, he, he like, it's, it's unprecedented. And something happened on Lyra. And he's an Andalite no matter what. And, like, all this stuff where, like, as I open the book, I'm like, it's page one. It's the whole page of this. <laughs> Give what me happens? a second. Give me a second to recapture the magic. And then Let they me... go straight to Cinnabon Adventure, so they yeah. do. So, so it's just like this is so good because some of the some of the books the opening is kind of exciting, but then it quickly goes into like I have to exposit all this stuff for the reader. This one is like super dramatic right away. Yeah, it was good. It was both a, a very good intro. X's teen introductions are stellar as yeah. always, and it was more foreshadowing I think that we than we've gotten in a couple yeah. of books. So it really it gives you the the sense of scale. You know, I'm always stoked about getting those space, space opera, space opera, yep, <laughs> space opera behind the curtain peeks at what's going on in the bigger war. So we know that's going to happen somehow. We don't know yet how they get to Lyran, but apparently they do. I guess maybe it was to kind of, like, get the reader ready for, like, there's going to be some right. weird space a, stuff. A sharp turn yeah. about a third of the way through the book. Yeah, just, just a like, whole shift. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get a little weird, but you're going to like it. Just, like, just hang on to your mosquito <laughs> butts and buckle in for this ride. <laughs> um, yeah, because then... They they have this. He has a beautiful Cinnabon adventure. Yes. That Marco happens to come across, which I love. Marco saves him, probably like pulls him away from the. We don't see oh, yeah. this, but I'm I'm sure Marco like lies his way into pulling yeah. him out of the pyramid, like out of the ambulance, just in time. <laughs> um. So then they they have their little teen introductions. They're hanging out at the barn because Eric the Chi is going to show up because he has news for them. Um. And I like that at this point, a lot of Axe's little introductions of everybody are very like. He, like, they all know each other pretty well now. Like, he, like, he explains helpfully to the reader that, like, oh, like, like, Marco can, like, get, like, snippy sometimes when... When he's like, bored, yeah. And, like, and later on he's like, oh, like, like, Tobias, like, he's a nuthlet, but sometimes, like, when he, like, when he's awoken suddenly... He's very snippy, so that's like still a human thing. Oh, I love that stuff like yeah. that. Like, like his, a lot of his descriptions, like he gives a like a cursory description of like what they look like. It's just like they have this color hair and this color eyes, and, and their height. Top. Those are his three things. Yeah, his <laughs> height, eyes, and hair. He and calls everything... Rachel's hair gold the way Elfangor yeah. called Lauren's hair gold, which was sweet. <laughs> I mean, not in the same like obsessed with it way. Yeah. It was just funny to me that that's like an Andalite thing for yeah. blonde hair. They don't have, like, a color, like, it's not yellow and it's not blonde, because they don't right. have blonde. It's yeah. just gold. So, so, yeah, so Eric shows up. Jake and... is very proud of Tobias for spotting the, like, three other disguised chi who are hanging out in the forest. Eric makes a big deal of, like, oh, I've got people with me, but, oh, like, yeah. even your hawk friend could never spot them. And Tobias swoops in, and Jake's like, 
did you see anything out of the ordinary? And Tobias is like, no. Except for the three, like, new trees that weren't there the nine million other times I've flown over this forest. Like, nice try. Nice try, Chi. He's so proud of what a good bird boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, think, I think it's Eric who says something like, I will not doubt you again, brother bird. Yeah, <laughs> brother of hogs. Something like, like that. That's cute. I'm glad. <laughs> Nobody should underestimate Tobias. <laughs> so, apparently the Chi have found out that like this seems like it's going to be the, like the main part of the book but then right. it's not right where there is a secret service agent the second in, in command of the secret service yeah. was just in town and chapman town. chapman hit him with his car to cause him harm and somehow that's and, fine and nobody knows why he's in their town yeah. and he's also like in the hospital the, the year controlled secret. hospital that we've heard about in previous books I think. Or I assumed it's the same one where they were, like, building the Kendrona in the the one where they, like, uh, the little Kendrona jacuzzi was, where they had the whole plan to, like, infiltrate yeah. with your doctors. I just kind of assumed it was the same hospital. Oh, same that makes dark sense. place. I just didn't think about it, and I was like, I guess they have an in with the hospital, so this guy's there. Like, apparently the guy is there, and he's, like, not in the system. He's not officially there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's definitely also, we know there are a bunch of non-controllers there, so it could also be a totally different place, and they just have this surreptitious operation going on. Yeah, it's unclear. Um, so, the Animorphs have to figure out what the deal is with the Secret Service guy. Yep. Um, and his name is given as Hewlett Eldershot Third. but guess what? It's not relevant to anything in the book, really. Nope. Like, <laughs> I thought this would be, like... There'd that's be some the, kind of that's related to like Eldershot the second, yeah. But no, it's just there so they can joke about his name. Um, like they, anyway, yeah. It's it comes to nothing. But anyway, so he's in the hospital and he's in a coma. And the Animorphs decide they'll first they figure out like okay, the Yerks must want him because if they had access to him, they would have access to the president, all of the Secret Service. Like this would be a game changer for them. Yeah. So they go in little seagull morphs. They look at the hospital. Um, they see Visser 3 and his human morph show up, um, and then Visser 3 is, like, mad because, like, the guy's still in a coma, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna have to morph him in order to, like, get the secrets or whatever, and... At some point in here, um, someone casually refers to, uh, Ha 3's superior as a woman, like, they use she, yeah. her pronouns, and I got really excited for a second because I thought it meant there's a lady president in Animorphs yeah. verse. But I think, so did I. Yeah, I think towards the very end of the series, they meet the president, and it's a dude, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the terms change between now and then, but I want to believe, so I will. Well, I also, I also, like, forgot that, like, there's a boss of the Secret Service, and then the, pre- like, oh, the president is you know not what? the boss. I also forgot that until you told me about <laughs> a second ago. So. Yeah, um, yeah, so the whole time I was like, oh, he has a direct line to the president, so it's like, no. <laughs> He's going to talk to his boss who oh. can talk to the president. Man, well, so I guess no his fun. boss is that lady. Okay. Well, There's good a, for her. Yeah. It's breaking a glass ceiling. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. So, lady. Anyway. So, like, Visser 3 is mad and he's like, I'm going to have to morph this guy. This sucks. It's not going to be as good. Not as and fun. Then, like, it's terrible. It's a bad <laughs> human morph. His mouth is inferior. Yeah. It's, it's not no even fun. a tiger. He probably doesn't even have a cat. Ugh. And then he, like, turns his head and, like, eyeballs the seagulls staring at him. <laughs> and then he, like, He, like, backs them. off screen and everyone's yeah. like, uh, what's happening? Can you still see him? And they're like, no, maybe we should be worried. 
<laughs> and then suddenly a kafit shows up, which we've saw we've heard about this bird before in the Andalite Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this weird Andalite bird with like a million wings, which I don't understand how it even looks, but right. it has a bunch of wings. And Axe is freaked out because this is something that's only on the Andalite homeworld, so this sort of would have had, had to, to be there. Yeah. So understandably, Axe is freaked out. Um, right. And I, I think we're supposed to assume that. Or at least it's presented to us as a sign of, like, there are betrayers on the Andalite planet. Like, yeah. Aloran didn't have this morph initially, because, like, not all Andalites do. So this must be something he's acquired since becoming a controller. Yeah, we learn we learn a lot of interesting stuff about Andalite, um, like, Andalites in general in this book. Yeah. Also. Like, we find out later that most um, Andalite warriors don't have many morphs like they only maybe have one or two and yeah and it's only only often. spies apparently yeah. are the ones who use morphing tech which like you have morphing tech you're not going to use Wait, it <laughs> why would you not be a giant like six-headed monster that can spit fire all the time if you're a warrior that seems like mm, pretty pretty sweet situation on the battlefield Wait, why invent this <laughs> anyway <laughs> um anyway so uh they have a whole like chase sequence mm-hmm. where the kafit is like a um a bird of prey, so it's attacking the seagulls, and they're, like, flying around, and Axe, like... Axe does, like, a loop-de-loop through the McDonald's golden arches (laughs) in, like, a thread-the-needle situation to try to get away. And then they have, like, a standoff on the McDonald's roof. Uh, Well, they they, they both demorph. It's not, like, bird versus bird as much as good of an image as that is. It's, like, two birds eyeballing each other from across, (laughs) like, 20 feet away. Well, the whole time, like, McDonald's are not that tall. So they're, like, one story off the right, ground. Right, Um, But don't worry about it. So the two Andalites are on this roof. They're having a standoff. And, like, um, Visser 3 looks a little unsure. So Axe kind of feels like... He looks scared, yeah, which is a huge deal. Yeah, so Axe feels like he actually has a chance in trying to fight him off instead of backing away like all the other Animorphs are like, hey, Axe, you should leave. Yeah, so Dad. like the this, this seagull peanut gallery of Animorphs <laughs> like surrounding this fight is like, mine, mine, also run. <laughs> oh my god, there's French fries there too. That must have been tough for <laughs> um, So, So Axe is like gonna try to fight Visser 3 and he's, he's the whole time he's like, I want to fight him. Like he killed my brother. I still have to... Like, by my code of honor, I have to kill him. Right. But also, he's bigger than me. He p- potentially has all the skills that the grown Andalite he's infested has. Um, I don't know if I have a chance. And, like, so he's, like, going through all this stuff, and he's, like, trying to fight him off. But then Visser 3, like, after Axe gets, like, one good swipe in, Visser 3 jumps off the roof <laughs> and into a garbage dumpster. <laughs> Which bad, is like, oh bad my- book for Visser 3, I think. Like, really, things <laughs> don't go great time. for him. Yeah. Maybe a He's- worse day than the Animorphs? Not sure on that one. He becomes a full garbage boy. Oh! <laughs> just- He's he embracing like- it, though. He's just going head first into that dumpster. And then, and then the Animorphs, like, there's a certain amount of, like, suspension of disbelief right. I have in these books. I'm like, these kids don't really want to kill anyone, even the bad guy. And, like, they kind of... But he's literally in a dumpster morphing, and, like, I think he, he like, has a broken leg at first when he's yeah. in the dumpster. Like, you like, could have ended this right here. Like, Axe is still ready to fight. But again, like you said, that would maybe be in cold blood at this point, and they're maybe yeah. not up for that. Also, a little girl, like, casually is like, Mom, I saw a blue... <laughs> I saw a blue horse jump off the roof. And her mom's just like, no, sweetheart, you didn't. (laughs) Like, let's go get you some french fries and move on with our day. 
At some point um, in the last couple books, like, the new thing is to have yeah. a lot of things where, like, Passerby ordinary commentary. people, mm-hmm. like, either ordinary people or people who are more, would be more prone to not saying anything <laughs> see crazy stuff. Like, yeah. in, in the last book, um, someone in the mental institution saw, uh, I think, Rachel Rachel morph. path morphing, yeah. So, like, they just were like, okay, okay. Don't worry um, about it. Um, and then this book, <laughs> like, like there are two children who see this, yeah. <laughs> who see different Andalites, right. who are just like, okay, I guess I'm just a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all normal. So here's here's the lesson: like, adults will never believe you, children. <laughs> Don't stress about it. And then later, there's a whole hospital corridor. Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead of us. So yeah, so Mister Three gets away by <laughs> jumping into garbage. I mean, you know. If only all of our escapes were that simple. Yeah, and then Axe has, like, a little, like, ruminating moment. Um, a because, sadness interlude. Yeah, like, he's a rough time in this book where yeah. he, at this, okay, the thing that is, before we get into Axe's, like, deep sad feels, um, he's running through a field and it's yeah, just rained. okay, yep, nope, I also fixated on this point. I'm upset about it. <laughs> I know he's, what you're talking about. He's running through the grass, mm-hmm. and in his narration, he's going, I, I was eating feel- the grass, you know, yeah. as you do through your hooves. Um, and then he also says he can feel worms being picked up by his hooves. And he's and, and at first I was like, oh, like, the energy or something? Like, no, because then he goes, oh, I'm going to have a lot of protein in my diet today. That's not good because I want to sleep, and that's going to make me energized. <laughs> it's like, you're just eating these worms? Can you, are and you a carnivore no- horse? Like, there's no, like, oh, I'm not a carnivore, I don't like it. Like, there's, like, he's not even, there's no No, <laughs> no hesitation. And I guess, I guess that falls under the larger category of bugs, which are pretty low on the yeah, eating guess. animals morality scale. Uh, I don't even think they, I don't know, actually, if vegans and vegetarians can eat, like, cricket no, meal I or things they, like that. I think they don't. Okay. Because I know, I know honey um, is just a byproduct of bees, and that is contentious, depending on... Who you ask. Huh, fair enough. Okay, so Axe, sorry, you're no longer vegetarian. Doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, like, it's, I, <laughs> I'm still unclear on if he eats or if he just, I mean, Is I, it better if he point, sucks the energy out of the worms and leaves, like, a desiccated yeah, husk on I the ground? No I don't know if that's better. Like, we've talked about this before where I'm still not clear on if um, there's physical, like, if his leg is, like, a, a straw. A, like, <laughs> Like, like a little like, grass a syringe. Vacuum, oh, man. <laughs> vacuum arm? Or, um... Y'all can't see Megan doing, like, a vacuum arm, but it looked like she was. It was good. Like, so, I I don't, I kind of don't want to know too much because I think it'll fall apart. Let's gloss right over this. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hang a, hang a lampshade and move on. Anyway, I like, the, I like the weird detail of that. <laughs> he seems super alien to me now. <laughs> Oh, um, so yes, yeah, so. after this brief worm break, um, I think he even starts this section with, uh, he's going to run across the far pastures of the ranch and use that time to try to figure out his emotions. Oh, Axe. It's you're, tough. You're emotional. He, he, like, he's, he's good at pinpointing the fact that he has emotions, at least, I Yeah, guess. yeah, he's getting better, but he's still, he's going on and on about 
in this Breck way, like describing yeah. the byproducts and like symptoms of his emotion without being able to quite get a label on it, which is like, that's, yeah. I think that's accurate to the way that you experience an emotion. But he's talking about like sometimes when he's in the woods alone at night and he's thinking of his home, he starts thinking about the dinner he had with Cassie's family instead oh, when he was morphed as Jake, which is such a good encapsulation of like yeah. his struggle in this book, which is like, who who is the family that I choose and who are my people and who are my friends? But yeah. my heart just broke all over again for this lost kid who can't even find the words to describe his loneliness. Yeah, this whole book is him wanting to be, like he wants to go home, he misses home, but he also has found home on earth and like he can't have both like you can't be in both places um and i also think some of his narration is supposed to be um that he knows what he's feeling but is explaining to to the reader oh that's a good way to frame it yeah like because i think um unlike um ancillary justice which we keep bringing up because it's a good it's like similar in the way that it's um describing like sort of alien things in a like, first-person narrative. Right. But I feel like with Axe, some of it is that he is very aware that he's supposed to be talking... He's supposed to be talking to another Andalite, so he's sort of framing things a certain way. That may, Like you said in the beginning, like, if he's framing this for a scientific journal or, like, for any kind of long-term record, yeah. it makes sense that he would go into that level of detail of, like, here's what I mean when I talk about human emotions. Or, like, maybe they yeah. don't have quite the same set that we do. Like, I feel like it might, like, I'm not even saying that I think he's actually writing this down. I just think it, that, like, the way he's thinking about it that helps him. The, as a reader, you're supposed to be thinking, like, okay, this is how he's getting through all this stuff, is him thinking about things in those terms. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because it's, I think the other Animorphs, they are, like, narrating to the reader, but it's less, um, there's less, like, of an extra layer of stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to think about why they're talking to you, they just are because it's a book series. <laughs> but with Axe, there's, like, I feel like there's, like, a slight level of, like, this is part of how Axe is going through the world, because there's a part later on where he's he's thinking about food, and oh. he sort of, like, drifts off, and Marco is like, Axe, are you paying attention? <laughs> he's like, no. Axe. Axe, I've told you this three times, and Axe is like, no, I'm sorry. So I was like, oh, I guess with Axe, it's, like, a little bit more of, like, when it's not his narrated book, he's still thinking about things this way, which is interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so this poor kid. He just like I, I wish he I wish he was in a place where he could uh, just go to Cassie's farm more than one time. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Have some group dinners. Like swap him out. Maybe like once every other week, he can morph like a different kid and go over yeah. to a different kid's house for dinner. Like Rachel's just super hungry today. <laughs> <laughs> Just needs like three lasagnas. I can listen. Rachel does a lot of punching. I can see her needing lasagnas for punch fuel. Yeah, she needs energy. So, and he also talks about um, he has like an unofficial ritual where he's looking for. the Oh, home I love that. Yeah, because um, so much of his life and his cultural upbringing has been about this kind of like decided ritualistic yeah. means of expressing your emotions and framing your day. Um, so it was really sweet to hear about one that he's kind of made for himself. Yeah, a lot of, there's a couple other parts in this book where either um, you see actual Andalite rituals, like you see one later on, and then also there's sort of stuff that seems like they're kind of, like, not even just the Animorphs, like the Lyran, you see them eventually, where they're sort of making up their own, um, like, rituals or just sort of, like, official, uh, like, things that they have to do to 
like later on there's like a like the Lyran stuff happens and there's sort of like a unofficial alliance that they form where it's sort of like the way that they have like a formal word like they have like a little speech about it that's oh, very right, short right oh but, that was a good exchange though yeah but it's like it's sort of like it, they don't have a framework for how to do these things because they're not they're not the Andalite uh army they're just a bunch of kids right and like they're, they're like the like little misfits trying to like figure things out so they're sort of like, especially for Axe, it's, like, I have to, like, impose, like, some kind of ritual onto it. So yeah, it and he's, he's like cobbling it thing. cobbling it together from all these different parts of his life. Or I guess I'm now I'm thinking of that speech later on where he's pulling yeah. together, like, things he's heard from different people to come up with a way to frame it. Um, but you're right. No, this, that's a big part of life, right? Is like, how yeah. can I, what framework, what story can I insert this into so that it makes sense to me? And this is also kind of later on in the book, but he, he also, at one point, sort of... Um, officially says that jake is his prince oh i love that was such a good moment and i especially like that for axe it's a big deal like he seems to be putting a lot of weight on it and everyone else kind of they're like okay that's good but they also i think don't understand for axe this is a huge deal right except for jake kind of gets it um but i like that it's like axe needs to do this for himself he has to like like because this is how he has been taught to see the world right he has to like do these things so he's sort of but he's grown since the last time we saw him like he's making his own rituals he's not just doing the ones that like he didn't even believe in when he was on the Andalite homeworld which doesn't have a name i guess that we have heard yet huh I, I, maybe it's also just Earth. Maybe everyone's homeworld is just this planet. Like this is where we started the from. The planet. The planet. Um, yeah. So poor Axe. So he's he's having a bad time, and then Tobias shows up, which is nice because um, he hears Axe like running around making noise. <laughs> um, and this is when Tobias is cranky because he got woken up, <laughs> which is adorable. Yeah. Um, and Tobias is sort of like comforting him because Tobias is also someone who isn't in his home and doesn't have somewhere to go home to yet yeah so tobias kind of helps him talk through and get out of cooking in his own juices about like oh that fight with viscer three didn't go great like i could have done so much better um so there i really like that display of their friendship like he's able to read quickly when he wants him to drop a subject but they're still there to support each other yeah, it's like they don't know that they're related, but they're like oh, brothers, like such... helping each other out. Oh, this is, I can't believe we got to another Axe book and still haven't found that up. I'm on tenterhooks waiting. Someone write Axe a note, like <laughs> Elfanger. Just get a little Elmis note. Like you wake up one morning, your window has clouded over, and in the fog, BT-dubs. someone has written "BT Dubs, you are bros." With and Just then like, like a, a bad drawing of a hawk, <laughs> a bad family tree. <laughs> So they I, they also mention that Visser 3's aura, like, they, they keep talking about it like oh, it's yeah. a real thing and Tobias not just a Tobias was like, device. I felt this dark cloud, yeah. So I, Meg, I really, like, I'm bought into your theory from a little while ago that he's always, not only is he always yelling, but he's using, like, an emotional component of thought speak be, all right? the time. Right. Like, just, like, putting out bad vibes, but literally. Like, maybe not even on purpose, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the deal is. It seems like, because it, it, I think at first I thought it was just, um, like, a handy like writing thing where right. it's like oh we have to have them know who the bad guy is and that he's very bad <laughs> but, so what if, this... so get this what if he feels bad <laughs> get the, okay okay well, for the bad hear guy. me out what if yeah novel he makes idea people feel bad whoa. whoa not even by saying anything he just, just does by being. oh my god okay listen i'm sold like books bought series bought here we go how are the kids gonna know that this andalite's a bad man well he could say that he's bad or 
they could just get a bad feeling or both. Why don't we do both? Why doesn't he pontificate about how terrible he is, but also they get really bad vibes off him? <laughs> I'm feeling good about the bad feel. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good feel for the bad feel. Here we go. Um, Ooh, so, okay. Oof, so they, and they meet up again at the barn um, in the daytime to talk things out. Axe describes uh, Marco and Rachel as just chilling. Oh, I'm so proud what of chilling. Is. Yeah, <laughs> he's picking up. He's picking up the way the cool kids are talking these days. I was startled when he used that word properly Me too. first, and then he followed it up with a paragraph of what chilling <laughs> is. <laughs> Very in character. Um, oh, he also earlier on explains that humans joke. Oh, a lot. yeah. It's um, a way to then... hide their fear of a subject. It's like, yeah, Axe, that's on point. That's a little and harsh, he, though. Then he's also like, oh, humans need to have humor because they must be so scared of falling over <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not wrong. And I think it's this always was on like, my mind. He also has that narration during the conversation about how he. Uh, like had too many cinnamon buns and oh almost God. got taken to the hospital. So I was like, I feel like the timing of this explanation. Right. It's a good juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. Of maybe, maybe I didn't know about stomachs, but I know about walking better than any yeah. of y'all. Yeah. So I have four legs. So just, <laughs> I hear, I hear that's good. And two legs is perhaps bad. You might say. Um, this so is also... speaking, speaking of petty condescension, this is where his, <laughs> There are only two good things about humans. <laughs> Speech kicks in. So this this feels very Hitchhiker Guide in that it's like, oh, they're mostly oh, harmless, yeah. but they have two redeeming features. So I was like, okay, two things. So yeah. like, we know one will be food, and then the second will probably be like, as we've discussed, like their infinite potential, right? Cool. Here we go. Let's read yeah. this. So the first one is, you know, food. Like, they've perfected the art of taste. So, you know, reading along, like, yeah, that makes sense for Axe. So let's hear, let's hear about the, the Naruto feature of humans on planet Earth. So after laying out in, like, I think it's almost half a page, like, how cool taste is and the art of taste as this first quality, <laughs> he jumps right to. And the second thing they're very good at is cinnamon buns. <laughs> Which is just, they need, I mean, okay, I guess they need their own quality. I guess the taste experience of that food is so great and so otherworldly that you need to set it aside. But did you really? Like, is there really nothing else you could have thought of? <laughs> you Apparently haven't not. tasted I mean, cinnamon buns are good, but there's no other food that you've tasted yet. <laughs> I, but something about the sentence where he says, humans, for all their faults, have created this cinnamon bun. It's like <laughs> such a good, like, Aww. I, like, that's like an inspirational, yeah. like, that would be in my, back in, like, when I, like, updated my Facebook. That would oh be, my like, God. my Facebook quotes section. Yes. Oh, you know, AOL <laughs> away message of the day. Oh it's like, goodness. we might, we might, in, like, a black, black page, red font, like, humans for all their faults. <laughs> I've created the cinnamon bun. Let's just cross-stitch this to remind me that even though bad stuff happens in the world, sometimes we do good stuff, like making cinnamon buns. I I feel like this fits right in with the Elemist's, like, whirlwind tour of Earth. Is like, let's look at some cool oceans and some beautiful deserts and jungles. And also, here, let's go to the Cinnabon factory. (laughs) Actually, let's don't. I feel like if I saw how Cinnabons were really made, it would ruin the magic for me. So let's, uh, let's leave that curtain drawn. Ooh, so... They meet up at the barn, and um, Axe is told Tobias already that the kafit is an Andalite bird, and that means that um, he's scared that uh, Vister 3 has been to the homeworld. And that there might be Andalite betrayers. But what's that? That couldn't possibly come into play, because there's no way we would meet other Andalites, right? Oof. 
yeah. Oh, We're yeah, not even halfway through this book. And Angelite would never do that. Yeah. Um, so, so they explained to all the other kids. Marco's like, hey, I bet Vesuvius is just messing with you. Let's move on. we got to figure out what to do about Alderman, which, like, now finishing the book, this is has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> so... They're like, oh, like maybe we could morph him, and then we could tell the state, the president about Yerks, and they like argue about if it's okay to morph a human or not, um, and they, they just figure out like I guess it's fine, whatever. Right. Don't worry about, Don't worry it. about so, it. Like he's he's currently unable to give consent, and somehow that makes it okay because yeah, they, he's in a vegetative state. Like, yeah, questionable. But, I mean, but spoiler, they never morph him. True, so it's true. Fine so the issue doesn't arise. They, but yeah, they seem to come to a conclusion super quick yeah um and they're like oh how are we gonna acquire him and somehow it's like oh there's too many guards we can't morph in the room with him so we we need to get his dna somehow how are we gonna do that so they're like oh we can morph mosquitoes and get the blood and then somehow get the blood out of the mosquito and then acquire the blood this plan is not become the man (laughs) acquire Acquire the blood and become the man feels like the tagline for an action movie that I never want to see. I just, I, this plan never has to work. Right. Um, it, it, they just need to morph. They just need to get mosquitoes. Um, but I, I don't understand how any of this Right, like how do you get the blood out of a mosquito without squishing it? Okay. Yeah, you have to squish it. Yeah. Um. But don't worry about it. It's fine. They morph, they they acquire mosquitoes, and all the other animorphs are not happy. And Axe is like, "Yeah, when they say something's gross, humans know what they're talking <laughs> about. It's usually gross." Oh, it's just true. Um, so they fly to the hospital. They send Axe in to make a diversion, and his diversion is just to like demorph, become an yeah. Andalite, and walk down a hallway. Yeah, and cool. Un- and, like, once again, it's, like, a little kid sees him, and it's like, are you a fairy? Because oh. he's morphing from oh. his bird morph. And Axe is just like, no, I'm an Andalite. And the kid's like, oh. Okay. okay. And goes back to sleep. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, and then Axe is, like, great diversion. He's just walking through the hospital. Um, eventually, a controller shows up, and he has, like, a Dracon beam. And Axe has to stop him from shooting everyone. So Axe, um, Axe says that he would, he wants to become a controller and asks if they have pamphlets. Yeah, is there, do you have any information? Is there a fee? How can I become a member? Which is very funny. Like, he's been yeah. spending too much time around Marco because that yeah, was, that it was, was a very jokes. Marco line. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he's, he's joking. Yeah. He's got jokes now. <laughs> um, so, so the controller is confused, takes him into the room where, um, Alder, Alder, Alderon. Alderson. Yeah. Alderon is. <laughs> um, and then he's like, wait, are you serious about wanting to be a controller? And Axe is like, no. And then he's <laughs> like, here's something I, and then he's like, here's something I learned from Mr. Three. <laughs> he jumps out the window and lands in a bush. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah. That was a good <laughs> um, scene. So um, everybody morphs mosquitoes from there. That's all that happens. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, off camera, everyone else has morphed mosquito, and Axe has not. He starts trying to morph one as he's getting shot at, um, and he flies up to the room where the Alder Alderson's body is, where like I guess all the controllers have cleared out because they're trying to chase the Sandalite. Um, so he goes and is about to try to suck some blood from Alder Alder Alderman, and um, suddenly 
he's in sea space and he doesn't know how. And there's a, a horrible, horrible description of what it means to be in sea space, which I feels love like. It. Do you really? <laughs> I love okay, it. It's so okay, okay. I don't. I mean, I enjoyed how weird it was, but it also okay. I guess it was effective, and that made it made me <laughs> genuinely queasy to read yeah. this description of like. Axe can see his own hearts. He can see the like the blood pumping in his veins. He can see all of his friends inside out and sideways yeah. and in like n dimensions simultaneously. The way yeah. the Elemist shows people like all the facets of who they were, but also literally like here's your own biology like splayed yeah. out in front of you. Get real into this visible man. <laughs> we we I think we we read um, in Angelic Chronicles. There was a little bit about um, sea space, but it was sort of more poetic then. Yeah, I think he wasn't physically hanging out there. I right. think it was just sort of, um, metaphysical a, universe creation space. Yeah. Yeah. And this is more of a like, Oh God, in Z space, you can see every <laughs> angle of inside and outside oh. your body. at oh, once. like here's a kaleidoscope view of your guts. Get yeah. into that. Yeah. It, it's, it's her, it's a horrific, but it's sort of, um, it's so weird that it, it's sort of like, this is the only way to describe, uh, being in Z space. Like, cause like Z space is already like, I, it's space, but it's in between. It's plot space. It's another dimension. Like, I feel like it's like, there's, this is the only way to make it not be like you're in a white room. That's <laughs> you're just fair. hanging out. That's fair. It's interestingly strange. Um, so apparently, this is what Axe was sort of, like, he sort of mentions that he when they He jokes morph, about it, like, yeah. ten books ago. Well, what's interesting is I, they frame it in this book as that, like, oh, an, like, Andalites have never, um, like, they've theorized what right. space would be like. So I guess Axe was explaining like, what he remembered from school about the theory of what Z-Space is, which he thought was just, like, oh, like, your extra body parts float around, they're not really, like, a body. Um, but he's like, oh, that's not what it's like. But I can't, I, I was assuming this was sort of, like, um, Applegate retconning a little bit of, like, okay, that's too wild. <laughs> We're gonna need <laughs> them to go arm through. There's just an arm and some gut, yeah, don't worry about it. We're gonna it. need them to go through Z-Space at some point. Mm-hmm. We need to get them into space, so let's make it a little less, like, horrific <laughs> i mean it's still horrific but it's right not but it's just less like of a, a straight spleen. up murder scene yeah um so he can see himself he can see the other animorphs all there they're all like dying also cause right because there's no oxygen yeah and he can also see off in the distance an andalite ship that seems to have sucked them into like its magnetic field yeah. or gravity well or whatever force it's using yeah. to hold particles together like they're being pulled along beside it so he starts screaming desperately in thought speak, like, hail, hail the Andalite ship. Yeah. And he can see the Andalites inside, which is so yeah. interesting, because it's like he, it's not just a ship, which is what I originally, like, imagined, but he's, like, saying, like, oh, they're so close, I can see them, but they can't see me, and I was like, oh, they're That's right there! So, oh, God, reach out um, and touch them with your heart. Baby, so he he's trying to call to them, but he also realizes that they are so close to the ship that the, um they could get hit by the ship. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, there's, like, some infinitesimal chance. Oh, that the shields might disintegrate us. Yeah, like, like he told them this many books ago, and it was a joke, but obviously, as soon as he said it, it's like, that's gonna happen eventually. (laughs) Um, But uh, he's like, oh, that really can happen. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, this obviously seems like sort of an Elemist, like, moving the pieces near each other. Yeah. Um, So the ship is coming towards them, and he's trying to thought speak at them, but he's also, they're all dying. Um, And he seems to possibly die, but then he wakes up, and he's in the Andalite ship. They've picked him up. Um, And he's surrounded by Andalites. Yeah, and they know who he is. Um, They know he's Elfangor's brother the second he gives them his name, which is very (laughs) cute. Like, little brother, I'm sorry. 
He's like the little ba- like the little baby like lost child. <laughs> um and so there's a a commander oh sorry, Captain Semillion is mm-hmm. the captain. There's a TO tactical, tactical officer, officer and there's a doctor. Um, Harolyn, and there's a doctor. I am just going to refer to them by their titles because I oh, cannot yeah. retain these names. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I, I had to write down the names just because I only was using their titles, and then occasionally they would use their Right, their name names. Also. <laughs> and I was like, who's that? What's going on? I also, I, um, one of them has a name that has Eskaroth in it, and yeah, for, for I a while wondering... I thought it meant they were related, or like he was related yeah. to Axe somehow, but I wonder if that's like a planet designation or like a year of birth or something. I was actually trying to figure it out because, um, I mean, I bet this would be easily solved by looking at the wikia, mm-hmm. but um, I think Axe and Elfanger have slightly different last names, and I was wondering if... Yeah, they do, because it's, it's with... Shamtul and Istil? Yeah. And and, and Axe is Eskarath yeah. Istil, and yeah. Eskarath is the one of the names that the war prince has. So I was like, oh, maybe they're war prince since their prince is such a big deal to them. Maybe that is in huh, their name. That they can adopt so it. Oh, that's like, interesting. Like, so like that would be a more important designation than, than your, your family like, structure or like your home yeah. scoop. I mean, that, that like, makes sense. That's all I could think of. Um, I kind of wish we got a little more of that, but Me it too. doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess now that I think about it. Um, so the captain is um a little bit more um he's presented more sympathetically right yeah. now or he he seems more sympathetic to axe the to yeah. is kind of a hard nose and that the doctor is just like nerdily excited about yeah. like we've never heard of a z-space <laughs> mass extrusion before like can i examine yeah. you because basically axe is sort of saying like oh like we we had been morphing this small thing and then we were in z-space so we must have um mass extrusion they were small things so their mass got squished out into z space and that so and then their consciousness snapped to that part of the mass yeah. for some reason like again don't worry about lines. it yeah um yeah this felt like the sario rip book in that yeah. the second they mentioned like there might be a snapback effect it's very clear that like okay this little adventure has like an end date <laughs> like we can see it coming Although at this point they don't know if they can snap back, they just assume that they've been like Play-Doh getting squished out of a thing. They've just been moved over, and that like I guess their mosquito morph is just gone. Yeah, you know um, what? Play-Doh is the only thing that I associate the verb to oh, yeah. extrude with. So yeah. there you go. And now <laughs> so, just mass in general. Yeah. So um, yes, the doctor's sort of like trying to figure out the like the science breakthrough they just accidentally discovered right um the to is yeah he's like a stereotypical like he's by the book he's suspicious of everything axe is saying and axe he's um, one day away from retirement he can't believe this fresh-faced kid is coming in here breaking all the rules um and also axe is trying not to lie to them but also was basically ordered to lie the last time he talked to andalite higher-ups right um, in his last book. So he's sort of trying to explain why there are humans who uh, are able to morph with him. And he fumbles and says, like, oh, I was on the dome ship and everyone else died. And then these humans saved me. So you should be kind, like, you should help them because they morphed into sharks and saved me from the ocean. And then he's like, oh, but uh, I gave them the power to morph. It wasn't anyone else who gave them <laughs> that power. Um, oh, he's not a good liar. And they call him out on no. it immediately. Yeah, and then the, but the captain um, sort of gets in Axe's good graces by saying like, "Oh, I understand. Were you uh, like, did you have contact with the home world at any yeah, point since? Were you then? given orders yeah. from the home world? So he figures out that like, oh, 
you were told to cover for Elfanger. Um, and I like that it's, it's like he's high enough to be like, oh, something's going, okay, that makes sense, that they yeah. would tell you to do that. Um, but it also, <laughs> he also says something like, oh, Elfanger is my friend. Um, if you tell me that he... Like, I don't, I'll I don't believe, believe he broke he, the rules, yeah. but I won't believe that he did anything, like, wrong, morally yeah. wrong. Um, which makes him seem like a super cool guy, yeah. which should have been dun, my dun, first dun. sign that he's the bad guy. Because <laughs> um, then the T.O. is like, I can't believe this. This is most unprecedented. Ugh, this is your bad guy, whatever. Um, and basically, at this point, it seems like, oh, they're going to tag along in this Andalite uh, fight where they're going to Liren and trying to defend it, like we heard about Liren in a couple books ago. Right, in Marco's um, book, where they were all, where they destroyed all the shark controllers. Yeah. Um, so it seems like this is just going to be they're tagging along with the grown-ups who are, like, on the side of right and mm-hmm. are going to do the right thing. Like, obviously it all falls apart. So, <laughs> um, so Axe is like, oh, now that I'm with Andalites, I am under their command. Um, just so embraces goes, this, like, almost without yeah. hesitation. And you can get, you get the read that it's really a relief to him right now. Yeah, because it's just second nature. He doesn't have to think about what he's supposed to be doing because he's been taught since he was a little baby Andalite, what are you, you have to, to have do? a prince and you have to obey that prince. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and if you're with Andalites, your prince is the Andalites, right. not a human. Um, so he ends up explaining to the Animorphs when they wake up in the med bay that like, we're safe, but we're on this Andalite ship going to Lirin. Um, and I have to go help them out. And, and you sort of- absolutely cannot because yeah. we don't know who we can trust, dun dun dun, because this Caffet bird shows that some Andalites yeah. are betrayers, so none of them can know that you're human. Yeah. Um, and he also blurts out something that oh, implies yeah. that he thinks he's, that he doesn't plan on going back to Earth. Um, Cassie which is Cassie the one who catches on. it. Yeah. yeah which is good. Cassie, Cassie is like unsung hero of this book like she's, she's doing all of the emotional legwork well this went a long way towards getting her back into my good graces after the yeah. last book i was having a hard time yeah. was it the last book where she was i think it was in the background being like ha it doesn't matter laughing yeah, sardonically it yeah it was rough yeah. yeah she seems a little she's doing a little better in this book i hope so based on the tiny bits we've seen mm-hmm. um so yeah, and, and then even Axe is conflicted, even though he thinks that like, oh, this is what I wanted all along was to get back to other Andalites, be able to go home. Like he says that even when he just sees them in Z space, he's like, oh, they're right there. Like that's I, I wished I could be with right, them. Right, that's my home. Um, but he also he does feel connected to the Animorphs now. He's not pretending he doesn't, like he was in the earlier books. Um, and he say he, like he says in the narration, like I didn't want to be separated from my friends. Yeah. And Tobias, um, like, whispers to him, like, like it or not, like, you know, you're one of us now, right? Yeah. And Axe kind of kind of pushes him off, like, doesn't respond at this point. Yeah. I think he's still hoping that things will be easy, that yeah. he won't have to deal with that. Um, so they're headed to Lyra. Um, he goes, Axe gets to go onto the um, dome and look around and he's like really impressed and um yeah there's like the, good quality grass in this ship he's super yeah. into the grass it's hardy i think he says which yeah. is cute <laughs> but no it, worms it, it, no worms um and that he's also sort of like oh this isn't as cool as i thought it would be when i was like a little baby andalite like right. i'm mostly terrified and don't know what to do and conflicted um and the so, ship starts, uh... The, he's up on the bridge. He gets a chance to have, like, a brief 
harsh like moral lesson from the tactical officer who like walks him through a series of questions about tactics for the battle and is kind of using that as a lesson like here's why like the reason we're not allied with Lyrians and working with them to fight is that we're strongest when we fight alone like andalites should stand apart from other species which ties into their whole like we are the protectors of the galaxy shtick he was really i i mean i guess we're supposed to be questioning the andalite um uh like ideas about collaborating with other species mm-hmm. because he he's just like we can't fight with the Lyran. Right, right. And like but you're literally going there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's their like MO. Um and Axe is just kind of like, oh, but I mean if we if like I hadn't worked together with these humans we, you would have been would overrun be by sharks. Right. These shark um, shark shock troops, these shark yeah. troops <laughs> would have ruined everything already. Um, and the Andalites are just like, oh, well, well, I never. Like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Um, so they're headed closer and closer to Lyran, mm-hmm. and they realize that they're headed into, like, there's, I guess, part of it is controlled by Yerks already, and part of it is, I guess, where the Andalite um, fleet or troops, I don't yeah. know, are. Um, oh, yeah, so starting... we, we know Lyran is, like, 90% water. This is the only yeah. continent, is the, the place where they're describing, like, all of the battles are going to take place on this continent. Like, whoever controls this continent, like, because we can't have a water staging area, if you control the continent, you control Lyra. So that's the stakes, is, like, you yeah. have to win the land war. Yeah, so they start um, going in, and they're sort of going more towards, I guess, the Yurk mm-hmm. area, is what I think was happening so the andalites on the ship were like oh we have to like reroute or we have to figure out what to do right like something's wrong with our controls what's happening the to is like y'all we've been sabotaged like we need to act right now to fix this and then the captain like kills everyone cuts off the tail of the to who is still alive Mm -hmm. but his tail is cut off which is super bad for andalites and is like worse than death and it's the captain who's the bad guy. He's um, screaming about, like, Visser 4 will be so yeah. proud of me that I've captured these <laughs> bandits who have been, like, thwarting Visser 3's every plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the part where I, <laughs> I like, lost all reading comprehension <laughs> and got really excited at the um, quip that he gives about how Visser 4 and Visser 3 are such good friends. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, Visser 3 has a friend. No. And then I realized... He's definitely joking. Oh, <laughs> oh but, um, but I also want that so badly to be true. I had, like, a brief couple minutes where I was like, oh, of course, his friend is someone who's also a Visser, but lower than him. <laughs> um, but then I realized, oh, Visser 4 probably wants to kill Visser 3. That's why. <laughs> but, um, but I'm choosing to believe in some AU, they hang out and we get to hear about their road trip together yeah. instead. They just talk trash not- about the Animorphs, <laughs> like, having bubble baths, like, at the end of the day. It's beautiful. We never actually see Visser 4, so we don't know what their deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Visser 4 exists and is in charge of the whole Lyran operation. Um, and yeah, so Axe is like in the middle of all this, Axe is trying to figure out like, oh, is is the captain a controller or yeah, he, he couldn't possibly be just a traitor. He couldn't he couldn't just be an Andalite just working right. with No Yerks. Andalite that would, would do this, of course. Um, but all, while all this is happening, he starts trying to thought speak to the Animorphs to be like, hey, guys, get out. Like, this is bad. Like, you can still get out of here. But, of course, the Animorphs have morphed bugs and are in the are in the dumb ship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the they're, helm. they're like, of course, we've already, we've been here from the start. Yeah. Like, we heard all of this. <laughs> Cassie is literally a flea on the captain's back. <laughs> <laughs> they really, like, flea morphs to bother Andalites. Keep coming yeah. back again and again and again. 
I also like that they are all different bugs, yeah. apparently. <laughs> so I, I want to believe that that's because, ev- like, half of the group now has very serious problems with their bug yeah. morph arsenal. So, like, Jake didn't have to be a fly. Marco didn't have to be a cockroach. Nobody had to be an ant. Like, they all got to morph the least bad bug for them. I love that after all the, like, shenanigans that have happened while they're bugs, cockroaches are now, like, the least bad of the bug morphs they have. <laughs> like, gives you, gives you a little bit of a peek into just how bad the situation yeah, is that it's... we can say with a straight face. Like, cockroaches are, are the best bugs, really. It could be worse. Yeah, given the arsenal at their command. Oof, it's bad. So they, the ship is going down, and um, the uh, the captain is, like, trying to capture them. But then it's the um, the, the T.O. who is dying. Who's, he's bleeding out, but also, like, if he has no tail as an Andalite, you're basically, you might as well be dead. Um, but he is a good guy in the end. He, like, gets a um, Dracon Ray, um, and Axe is, like, about to face off with the captain, which he knows was going to go badly for him, but there's no other choice. Um, and is, like, sort of trying to figure out if he has it in him to kill this Andalite who may only, who may not even be a controller. Right. Um, but then the T.O. doesn't, like, Axe doesn't have to be a murderer. The T.O. gets <laughs> the gang, shoots the, shoots the captain, and then guides, like, like, he gets the ship under control enough, um, and basically tells, like, orders Axe and the Animorphs to get off, um, because he has to go down, like, the ship, he has to tactically, I guess... They're all going to die, so he has to do it in the way that will hurt the Yerks the most. Right. So um, he so essentially sets... the ship into... Like, behind Yerk lines, he's going to set up a self-destruct, basically. Yeah. Um, it's um, his, his terrible, terrible math of, like, what to do with the lives that are left at his command. So this is where we get, as the Animorphs are, like, they're blown out in airlock as birds or flies or something. Um, and Axe, like, is included in the Thought Speak, Broad Speak... Thought speak broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> broad, broad speak is a good broad term for speak, it, though. Broad yeah. speak. That's what Mr. Three does all the time. He's yeah. just yelling. Constant. Yeah. Um, he gets included in and overhears. Um, I don't remember the name of the ritual. It's like the ritual to prepare for death when yeah, facing death. Like that. But the whole ship in unison um, is performing. I think we saw Axe do this ritual when he was uh, like yeah. eight, ten books ago when he was fa- yeah. facing off against Mr. Three in a duel. Um, it's it's really it's like especially since Axe, he mentions in this book but also in previous books about like he didn't really like rituals before but it, now he sort of is finding like it's a way to connect with being an Andalite and like ha- being in this ritual where he is not dying but I think there's something there's something in him that is dying like he isn't able to after trust this blindly book, yeah yeah he can't trust blindly and he's also no longer just an Andalite he like he. By the end of this book, he doesn't think of himself as, like, oh, I'm going to go home and just be an Andalite again. Um, I think this is the book where he sort of realizes, like, no, I'm also an Animorph. I've been on Earth long enough that I'm not just uh, a regular Andalite. I have been changed by everything that's happened, and I've been changed by um, living amongst these humans for so long. So So he's getting to say this ritual with the other Andalites, and he's messed up about it because it's a lot. Like, yeah. They, they, like, get down to the planet, and, um, understandably, Rachel is not happy with Axe for... At first, they're sort of like, Rachel, why are you giving Axe such a hard time? Um, because she's really harsh with him about, like, hey, Axe, what are we gonna do now? Axe, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but then they, they get into this really intense, like, standoff when they're on the planet trying to figure out what to do. Um, and he basically, like, like, he blurts out that he wished he had died with everyone else, and he... 
like, doesn't know, like, he, in this narration, he's saying, like, well, I didn't, I didn't really want to die, but, like, I didn't know what, what I wanted. What else to do, and yeah. He's just got, like, intense survivor's guilt about everything. Yeah, he, he um, explicitly talks about, like, when you live and everyone else around you has died, you keep thinking, I'm glad it wasn't me. Um, yeah. And then the guilt loop about that is awful and insurmountable. Um, yeah. And to be trying to deal with, all, trying to deal with all this while you're also still in the middle of a war is... Like you said, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And I was I was getting really mad at Rachel because she was being really mean. Yeah, she's um, really, really pushy about this. She, like, when Axe proposes a plan, she, like, just stares him down and then turns to yeah. Jake and is like, "What's well, Jake, what's the plan? Like, she really feels like she can't trust him, I think, after he's yeah. clearly chosen the Andalites over the yeah. Animorphs, like, minutes ago. So I get, yeah, I, for someone who's so action-oriented, I get where that feeling comes yeah. from, too. Well, I hadn't, I think I hadn't, um, I was so into Axe's point of view mm-hmm. um, that I I didn't realize what, for the for the Animorphs, it must have been, like, a betrayal to see Axe suddenly be like, oh, I can't listen to you. Because, like, earlier right. when they were on the ship, he tells Jake, like, I, you can't be my prince now if I'm with the Andalites there. Obviously, right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not with you guys right now i'm with them i can't like he's basically like changing sides on them without Mm -hmm. ever telling them what's going on and it makes perfect sense when you're an axe point of view axe's point of view as the reader um but for the animals of course that was like hey what are you doing right like he he essentially (laughs) left them locked in the med bay and they had to sneak out to come figure out what was going on um, and, and Rachel's basically saying, like, oh, you want to find more Andalites so you can just ditch us again mm-hmm. and, like, leave us on this alien planet and, like, not be our friend? Um, so they have, like, they have a really intense standard for, like, Axe, like, pulls up his tail blade at Yeah, one like, point. holds it, holds it right at her throat and she's still <laughs> yeah. just, like, yeah, she's staring still him down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's only is- at that point that he realizes, like, oh, wow, okay, I've taken this yeah. maybe too far. And it was really intense for, I'm like, these kids are, like, friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was sort of, like, I'm glad that they're hashing it out because th- it's a lot for both sides. Yeah. Um, so I think at that point, after they have the, the actual standoff where he yeah. makes, like, he's going to attack her, um, is when he finally apologizes and, you know, kind of comes to terms with, like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, he, I don't think he's fully taken to heart the fact that they are his yeah. people, but he at least admits, like, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have gone against you. Um, all I can say is, like, it's hard to be cut off from your own people. Yeah. And sweet, sweet Tobias leans yeah. in and is like, I know, buddy. Like, I'm with you there. <laughs> there were a couple points, though, where I was like, on the one hand, I'm really glad Tobias is there to um, back Axe up on a lot of these things. But on the other hand, I'm like, Tobias, you don't you don't know exactly what right. Axe, Axe is going through. It's nice that you do have... Like, you were the closest to understanding each other of all of the group, of, like, mm-hmm. anyone in the world, probably, in the galaxy, but you don't understand all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they, they, both, they both have different <laughs> different problems to deal with and wrestle with in terms of what their identity is versus, like, what the group demands of yeah. them. Um, and, like you said, I'm really glad that they, they have that shared basis of, like, it's an issue of identity and belonging and culture and how you fit into the world and what the world thinks and expects of you. Um but yeah, no, I wish, I don't know, um, I guess there isn't a better a better fit or a better friend yeah. for either of them. Like you said, there isn't a perfect, a person who's going to understand them perfectly, and maybe it's more powerful because they do have to do that that work of trying to get yeah. at to the other person's point of view. 
So, um, and this is when Axe does his little, like, he does, like, a little formal, um, thing where he said, he tells Jake that Jake is his prince, he's gonna follow Jake no matter what, until Jake basically tells him not to, so he's not going to switch, like, if they find more Andalites, he's not gonna automatically be their dude, um, and, and this and whole time, everyone's been, like, very stoic and unsmiling and harsh. Like, from the time they popped into Z-Space up until right now, I don't think a single joke has been cracked. Yeah, no, it's been really it's been really intense. And I think they don't understand the full gravity of Axe saying this to them, because I think they don't believe he's going to do it. Um, but and also, he, they don't have the understanding of Andalite yeah. culture and, like, what it means to, like, have a prince. They're probably, yeah. like, for them, I'm sure it feels more like, okay, yeah, Jake's your boss. Like, why was that ever yeah. in question? I think Jake is the only one who sort of has a little bit more. Like, I think Jake still doesn't get it completely, but he sort of gets more than the others. That this yeah. is very important for right. Axe. Especially once he meets the, the, like, war captain, the captain yeah. of the fleet overall. I think it's cool to have Jake see, like, okay, this is what Axe grew up believing princes are. Yeah. Um, and he's finally, at this point, after Axe apologizes and makes this big speech, Jake finally, like, cracks, cracks the tiniest hint of a smile and is like, don't yeah. call me prince. Yeah, they get back into there, like, don't, like, don't call me Prince, just Prince Jake thing. Yeah, oh, I was, I was so, so glad. glad. That was such a good way to signal, like, okay, not everything is okay again, but, like, it will, like, you'll get back to this point. Like, you're able to joke yeah. about it again. Oof. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, they decide, or Axe figures out, like, okay, we don't know what Andalites we can trust, but if the fleet captain, head prince, super prince was allied with the Yerks, this would all be over, so we have to assume that the head super prince is the the one we can trust, basically. Like, we know we can yeah. trust the commander of the entire Andalite fleet, so we have to go find them. And that is the only person, yeah. or the only Andalite they can trust. Yeah. Um, so they figure, like, okay, we just have to get over to the Andalite headquarters, wherever that is, um, and there's, like, some kind of, like, defense sensors or something. So, whatever. They have to morph bats to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> thank God by this point the jokes are back and Marco says to the bat morph Robin when they decide <laughs> to morph bats. And, <laughs> and then also when they're, when they're morphing them, um, Axe goes off on a tangent. Oh, about clothes? Yeah. Yeah, because he's explaining, like, oh, like, when I'm morphing the, like, the skin of the arms is, like, a shirt. Shirts are a clothes. Like, humans, <laughs> humans are like, cover up their bodies because they believe part of their body is unacceptable. <laughs> They're right, of course, but they cover all the wrong parts. There's nothing uglier than a human nose. Um, accent. <laughs> Buddy, this is, like, some pot kettle stuff right here, because, like, I've seen some paintings of Andalite noses. I was literally just talking about how strange the official depiction of an Andalite nose is. <laughs> There's like four pore holes and it's like an a slit. Yeah, <laughs> God, it is like play the song of time on that boy. Oof. <laughs> so I just oh. I'm so thankful for like finally we get to, we get some goofs back. Yeah. Um. So. So they they even have a little bit of fun like doing a roller coaster bat ride yeah. like as they're trying to find the the Andalite command center like they make a game of flying around these deadly deadly rocks and not actually actually dying um, so much of this last part of the book was just like video game levels to it me. really was like in a way that was less interesting to me as a reader but also i was glad that they were having adventures yeah. <laughs> so um but it is get, you go through the bat level then the water yeah. level then the cave level and yeah <laughs> i was also specifically Green thinking greens. of in the terrible game boy game there's a part where you're a bat in a cave 
um have you played that before like before you revisited the kissin intro like this past year had you played through the game um, I played through part of the first level. I okay. could not get to the next part because it was too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a joint operation. Like, we're going to oh, have to yeah. sit down with the two of us and, like, a strategy guide yeah. to max, min-max our morph strats. A broken strategy guide because oh. I'm sure nobody, like, made a good There's one. There's no game FAQs that gets all the way to the end. Yeah, probably not. Um, so, so they go through, they go... Like, they have all agreed amongst themselves to not get involved in the actual battle because they can't. they don't know who to trust. Um, and they just need to get this information about the fact that there are Andalite traders to the prince. Um, but there is a point where they're they're flying and they see Andalite warriors, I guess, about to get like about to get killed by Hork Bajir, where Cassie is the one to say, like, we, we should do something. Like we mm-hmm. can't just do nothing. And they're about to morph into their battle morphs and help when I think it's a Yurk like a, a Yurk a ship fighter. just shoots yeah. down um and everything is gone. Um, so they're like, wait, the continent is basically, like, the Yurks have won, they've gotten the continent, the Andalite, uh, uh, barrier, uh, line has been breached. Yeah. Um, and this is when, um, Tobias disappears. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. I forgot to mention, Tobias disappears. Oh, no, I think it's right here. I think it's as the rock, like, as the, the rock around them shatters and, like, the, the beam obliterates this entire battle that had been happening. I think someone's looking right at Tobias. Yeah, yeah and like in Rachel. between, of course it's Rachel. Oh, <laughs> in between heartbeats, he vanishes. Yeah, which as a reader, I'm like, okay, they yeah. were in Z's face, he right. disappeared. But I mean, obviously everything is going on, so they're not thinking logically. Like it doesn't even make sense to them. So why right. would it make sense? Right. But- in the heat of battle, I both. I both expected them to be more chill about it because they have weird Z-space magic happening, and I expected them, which makes no sense for me, Carrie, the reader, um, but I also expected them to be a lot more devastated, but I guess they have a job to do, and it's a war, and they've got to do it. I had to assume also that it was like, it's such a strange... They're on an alien planet. Right. Like, there's they no body. There, yeah. That, like, there's some kind of, like, cognitive Big like, haze of unreality. Like, yeah. Okay, we just have to do this, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like they're both very upset because, like, we don't see the whole sequence, but Axe describes them all, like, wringing Rachel's their hands crying for a and while. wailing and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of get it together and they're like, okay, well, we have to, we have to finish this. Um, and they realize like Axe realizes after a while of them sort of badgering him like uh, Rachel badgering him yeah um, to and help them out finally um, Cassie he, comes up to him and is like I know yeah. Jake doesn't want to ask you again but Cassie. like we gotta figure out what to do yeah of course Cassie's the one who sort of does it in a way that's actually helpful and then <laughs> Axe realizes like wait the Lyrian um they only care about what's underwater the, right. the the continent was sort of like they didn't use it for much so we can assume that there might be some Andalites underwater if we go, if we go in the ocean and get to the Lyran um, uh, city, we can potentially still finish this mission. Mm-hmm. So um, he also he has a big realization, which he doesn't tell the animorphs or the reader exact the exact details of. But he suddenly has a, a picture of the entire Andalite plan and like thinks that there's still a way for the Andalites to not just salvage this but turn it into a triumph. But yeah, carefully doesn't oh, tell nice. Jake, but like tells Jake that he has to trust him, which is a big yeah. deal at this point for <laughs> a baby boy who's just, like, not betrayed, but kind of turned against the rest of his friends. But Jake does, which is a big moment for them. So they all morph sharks, um, like the same sharks they got in the shark book. Rachel vanishes. 
Yeah, Rachel straight up goes away, which is not a good sign. No, Cassie's um, devastated. Everyone's yeah, beaten up about Cassie. it. Um, so they, so there's like, okay, we have to keep going. They morph sharks. They swim into the Laren Ocean. There's like, it's a really pretty description of what the ocean is like. Yeah, there's there's no predators there. Everything yeah. apparently feeds off of like geothermal energy. So yeah. there's they're all prey animals basically. Yeah, it sounds super pretty. And it's like the water is so clear that you can see like. 20 30 feet down um yeah, it sounded get... gorgeous yeah there's some cool yeah. alien life form descriptions you'll enjoy it this is a i really like this book also i don't think yeah. i've said it yet but it was it was a good one despite the despite the fact that the entire last quarter is just battle 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 oh, yeah. it was I good think, i think really the only thing keeping me from loving it completely was all of the like battle action yeah. sequences um because my brain just like yeah. i, I kind of glaze over them yeah um but also, I was, like, rushing to finish the book, so I, I'm not going to say that that's my main stance on this book. There was a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, check back um, in with us in a week. Yeah, I'll probably change my mind within a day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they're swimming through the ocean. They, they find some Lirans on, like, little underwater Liren jet skis Oh, my gosh, yeah, I love that. From Also, like, they're just, I'm just picturing Frog from Chrono Trigger. Like, I refuse to picture the actual way they describe these Lirans because they're kind of scary. <laughs> But I'm just hearing a frog, a frog in like a little prince suit with a just jet ski. a cartoon ski. frog. Man. Yeah, basically. Um, and it quickly becomes clear that these uh, Lyran are controllers and they attack them and Axe is chomping them with this little shark mouth, just like he was chomping on those cinnabons. Oh. <laughs> so she's like, kind of snacks? Had... I didn't even say snacks when he ate like the entire, all that garbage <laughs> in those buns. But yeah, I guess... This also counts as a snack. He got some Lyran brain lobes because... I mean, I only thought of this because he says in the description that fighting with your mouth is more intimate than fighting with your tail. Oh, buddy. And she's like, oh, buddy, That's you've been true. biting things yeah. for books. Books and books. <laughs> um, poor baby. So, yeah, so they're attacking the Lyran, and I think they were just going to leave them injured, but um, the, the Lyran that Axe was chomping... Um, the, the yerk in his brain is trying to survive, so the Lyran is able to take control for a minute, and he sends out a, like, mental image, because they're psychic, um, and Axe realizes, like, oh, if you chomp off the, the node at the back of their head, the yerk is in that, and the, the Lyran will be alive still? Magic, don't worry about it. That's how brains work, it's fine. Like, Lyran biology is horrific, so they <laughs> Strange. can just... They can regrow, like, they can regenerate that chunk of their brain, which yeah. seems absurd. Like, what non-essential yeah. part can you regenerate that also, like, a yerk just needs that to control <laughs> all of you? But again, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. So they do this. They rescue these four Lyrans. The Lyrans are like, okay, well, obviously we know everything about you, and we admire yeah. that you're, like, very careful about, like, sen- respecting, like, the rights and autonomy of sentient yeah. creatures, and you don't want to morph us, and that's cool, but also you have our permission, like morph us and go yeah. get to the city you are low on time yeah they get to the checkpoint where they're like hey <laughs> you get you get a power up yep, you here can you morph go us. you and get your like ice really, ball back yeah there's a really nice sequence where they go up to the surface long enough for them to demorph and acquire the lyran and the lyran sort of like say a little thing about um like working together oh yeah yeah it's like really Axe nice. takes part of this speech and part yeah. of the to's speech from earlier in the book later on i think are the two things that he's drawing on when he does his his cooperation speech. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a good really nice. interspecies bonding moment. Council would be proud. He's thinking about, like, how, like, he and the, like, these, like, Lyran and the an- Animorphs, they're all sort of, like, 
trying to survive, and so they have that in common, so they can work together, and it's nice. Um, like access. Oh yeah, sort there's of... there's something sweet about like when life struggles together against like entropy, like it's never wasted. That's definitely not that's the sentiment, but not the phrasing by a long shot. But it's a nice statement about like when we're working together in pursuit of the same goal, like it can't be bad. Like that's a collaboration to celebrate, even when it's cobbled together piecemeal and kludged. Yeah, it's really nice. So they they get these Lyran morphs. They morph the Lyran. There's a weird moment oh, where, like... I love this. This was Oh, it's good. good. I love it. Um, I think by this point, Marco has disappeared also. Is Marco... Th- no, Marco is there with No, them. Marco's still there for, like, another minute, I think. Because we get to see his, his little mental... Because they all sort of, like, see what the other people... What the others are thinking. Because it's like, the Lyran are psychic. They can't see absolutely everything, but there's definitely, like, n- way less like of a ambient, filter. yeah. Yeah, so, like, they're able to see all of each other's fears... Um, and so, like, Axe is, like, he mentions what everyone is feeling, and Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, Marco is thinking about how he is hoping that his His mom mom. is there, and he can maybe rescue her, that she's okay, and Cassie's worried about Rachel, and and also worried about Mm -hmm. the, like, morality, and and, and Jake is upset about being in charge of everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Poor big Jake. Big Jake, and then I guess presumably they're all hearing what Axe is thinking too, which is cool. Which we've um, been hearing the whole book, so yeah, that was that was really lovely. And then immediately they're like, "Oh God, how do we turn this off? Like, make it stop! <laughs> I hate my feelings. I hate them yeah. so much." So they figure out because it's just a morph to them. They figure out how to turn off the psychicness yeah. entirely, um, which yeah. is a little sad. Axe has a little moment where he's like. Yeah, I guess, like, secrets and lies and the loneliness of privacy are natural for humans and Andalites. I was like, buddy, you gotta talk to your friends more. Yeah, I like that it was, like, both uncomfortable for him, but he was also, like, lonely when they turned it off. Yeah. like, and I was just like, oh, wax. Um, Yeah, he says something about how, like, this is, like, it it must be, it must be better to be in a way that is more natural to you. Yeah, no matter what your, your species is. Um. So they swim down his Lyran, they get into Lyran City, the Lyran City sounds super pretty. Yeah, like um, a like an ice cream cone full of holes, like everybody moves in three <laughs> dimensions instead of around on flat streets. They call it they like call it a dairy colors. queen cone instead yeah. of an ice cream cone. And I Which, there's literally no reason to do that. Like there's nothing yeah. special about a DQ cone, I don't think. I was assuming it like, I I guess I've never been to a DQ because I was like, I guess it looks different from cone regular cones i don't know it's been a minute i've had some like milkshake treats from there i don't remember anything distinct about the cones but whatever it is it was a pretty a pretty city that's it it was a pretty city imagined all of it looking like the mermaid furniture in animal crossing oh oh that's good um so yes they get in and they get like far enough into the city that i guess they 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 can see andalite submarines um and they they get far enough in where like a a lyran finds them and is like we know why you're here the prince is waiting because which is very cool yeah no there's Um, there's something like magical about yeah this lineup of people pointing you in the direction and also also structured in the way of like hey no there's a fence in this path or like there's a rock at your knee height you can't (laughs) jump it like look at these beautiful rails we have these rails for you don't you want to follow them to the prince and it's like sure yes thank you video game logic i will it is i think they even reference um the wizard of oz at this point oh yeah the brick road yeah but I think I didn't realize how much of, like, the Wizard of Oz is until now. But so they, they, they go and they, they meet the prince, Prince Galoot. G- Galoot? Which Galoot? just reminds me of the Neopet that's the dog that's, like, Galoof or oh. something. Um, anyway, so they meet the prince, um, 
and a galoop. It's um, a loop, right? Sorry, yeah, sorry. Go, I'm stuck go. on Neopets now. I'll look that up it's later. A dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> so they they meet the prince. Um, he like acts. I, I like that acts like right away is like here is my prince prince yeah Kate. or the the um the super prince starts to order axe around directly yeah. and axe is like no no you can't do that like you gotta talk to my prince yeah. dick it's really good it's a really good moment for axe and, and things are so dire that eventually he's like i guess i'll hear you out yeah and like prince jake says something good and he's like i have heard worse princes in yeah my time. <laughs> Which is such a weak compliment, but also, like, means a lot that this, yeah. like, tiny human teen is, like, not the worst Andalite princess Andalite has ever met. Um, because they're all, like, like, the, the prince is basically saying, like, well, on the land we set all these... Quantum um, bombs? Quantum bombs? Also, like, Which... the quantum virus, like, previously yeah, things with the prefix terrible? quantum, right, have been presented as literally the worst war crime you could ever commit. But suddenly we're okay with it, I guess. I guess it's fine. Don't so, worry about it. So they have these bombs all over the planet, but I guess the there's supposed to be uh, someone was supposed to put in the code or the switch or something. Yeah, like the and, because the big ship that trader captain was on never made it. Yeah. Like they weren't able to arm the bombs, so they need someone to go arm the bombs. Yeah, so that's their mission. Yep. And the Andalites are like, and the Animorphs are all like. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and I think at this point, Marco has disappeared. Yeah, he's like, it'll just have to be the four of you. Ooh, there's three of you. Like, Could have sworn um, there was another human. Yeah. Luckily, there's an Andalite scientist there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he explains to us and the kids that, okay, well, what probably happened is you're snapping back yeah. to where your mass was trying to be after, before it got extruded. So they could be in Z space or they could be fine. It's impossible to know. Um, and Jake is like, well, we have nothing to lose. <laughs> um, so they agree to go this plan, which involves like three different video game levels. Of Pretty like, much. Okay, you go up through a river and then you go into a cave and then you go a, through the cave a dark into the tunnel what full they call snakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bright a bright hole. hole. <laughs> We have to talk about K-pop songs sometime because I, I don't even... Okay, we'll talk about that later. So they have to go through all these levels. Um, uh, I, I can't believe there are snakes in the I know. lightless tunnel. Um, they get through most of it okay. Cassie they lose, disappears yeah. at one point, and then it's just Jake and Axe, and they basically tell each other whoever like is left alone has, has to, to do, do it. it. They have another, um, like, don't call me Prince... You can yeah. call me. You can call me the Jake, formerly known as Prince. Oh, which I was very. It's so good. It only took them eighteen books to make a Prince joke. I'm very glad. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Axe is the last one standing. Yep. He gets into the bright hole. The bright hole. Um, which is basically, it's like the volcano. Yeah, know, it was like volcano. it wasn't an active it. volcano, but there was a tube. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like um in 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 our oceans, like really far down, there are like subterranean underwater volcanoes mm-hmm. that there are like phosphorescent stuff that grows near it because of the hence the brightness. Okay. Um, but I think in this, it's also like there's electromagnetic energy that things feed off of, so it's a thing where I guess there's, like, a little bubble of life. Um, life and so light. So when he gets in there, it's a very Ghibli, like, yeah. circular area full of, like, lush, glowing plants that are kind of creepy looking, and then there's a An large... arming device on a pedestal, yeah. like, <laughs> right like, in the middle of it. 
Yeah, just like a rectangle with numbers <laughs> on it. Um, so he starts to put it in the code, and then a bunch of hark bajirs show up because I guess right, they blow the roof the off the cavern. Yeah. Um, and Axe is the last one there, and, and Hork-Bajir is about to shoot him, and he puts in the code, and then he remembers, like, oh, they were gonna give us half an hour to get back out. But that's too but... long, like, the Hork-Bajir will obviously disable it before then. Yeah, and then, of course, Axe just tells him to do it. Like, blow um, it right now. Yeah, and this is, like, earlier in the book when the T.O. Uh, went down with the ship. Oh, Axe yeah. was thinking, like, he was a true Andalite, he died a hero, um, and I, I, after all the time, I was like, oh, Axe is sort of dismantling all these things about what it means to be a true Andalite. Like, he's like, oh, no, I, ca- I can talk to other, ra- like, I can talk to and collaborate with other um, aliens. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, listen to someone who isn't my Andalite commanding officer. I can do all these other things. But he still has this, like, idea this core of, like, of what it means to die an yeah. honorable death. But, I mean, I don't know what else he could have do- right. done in right. this situation. Um, so and this is also, gets... like, this is what he and Jake had decided, too. Yeah. I, I think this that sold it for me, is that it, he's not, like, yeah. bucking against the plan that they'd already set up together. Yeah. Like, if he had, if they were all waiting for him, um, then I would have been like, dude, just wait somehow. Um, <laughs> but he's he's going to be snapped back. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. But also, as soon, as, as, soon as the countdown timer starts <laughs> ticking, and not only yeah. that, so it's not only do you get the 10, 9, 8, but also there's, like, a Draken beam, like, yeah. the shot there's, has been fired, yeah. and this laser is moving towards yeah, him in super slow motion. And then he snaps back to being Mosquito on Alderson, Alderman, Alderon's body, um, and he's back to where we were in the beginning of the book. Yeah, and um, they they all snap back to the same moment, which smacks yeah. has a smack of Elemist to me. Oh, definitely, the Elemist is all up in this. Yeah, still, his little hands he's are everywhere stirring that in this pot. Plot line. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're fine. Um. Elder Elder shot wakes. Oh, up. wakes up. Yeah, he's he's cured, which is absurd because earlier was he was described as like he had a, a serious brain injury, but Visser Three yeah. was like. Just cure him. It's fine. So this also feels like maybe the Elemist cured this man of... There's, I'm saying cured I, because it's the word Visser 3 used, even though yeah. he had a traumatic brain injury. Yeah, I have no other way of reading this because right. it's like, I think Axe bites him, but that's supposed to be what wakes him up, which yeah. makes no sense. No. <laughs> um, but we don't get any follow-up either way, so He's don't just worry fine. about yeah, it. Yeah, the controllers are literally like, what do we do? Mr. 3 is going to be so mad. I don't know. Let's run. So the controllers run out of the room. Like, a nurse comes in. He's like, nurse, are you aware this room is full of mosquitoes? <laughs> like, cut away to the mall. Yeah, them at the mall. Um, And... They're fine, and Axe wants cinnamon buns. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after, like, a beautiful, like, little, like, inner thought about how, like, oh, he's found a place on Earth with these humans, they're his family now. They're, they're his, his people. people. Yeah. Um, and he's found a, like, earlier in the book, he was saying, like, oh, sometimes I look for the home star because I feel like that's where I belong. Now he feels like he belongs with these humans, and then he asks if they can eat cinnamon buns. <laughs> Um, oh, that's a good bookend. Yeah. <laughs> a good hungry bookend for this book. I did not think, halfway through this book, I did not think that this book would end in a happy way. No, <laughs> so me I was neither. Glad. Like, I will take all of the Elemist meddling if that means that I can just have them at a the A beautiful coda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'm always on board for snack time. Oof. There is a lot that happened in this book, even though, like... 
just a lot happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was a that was a, a brief silence of me trying to process how to encapsulate it and I can't really because it like the like the shark book, it took a sudden turn about halfway yeah. through. Um but I did I really liked that that was foreshadowed way back at the beginning. I feel oh, like yeah. that made it easier to accept than just out of nowhere. Um, And I think Axe's through line of belonging and of, like, his identity and where he chooses to be was strong enough to carry it for me. Yeah, I think the through line of Axe um, feeling like he didn't belong anywhere and then by the end of the book realizing that, like, he belongs with the Animorphs, they're his people, um, I think that was enough to keep me engaged in every, like, all the weird stuff. (laughs) I just feel like there are, like, two or three too many obstacles in there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I also, I think I, I skimmed that for sure. Oh, yeah. But the, um, the, the way they described the Lyran homeworld was cool, so I guess, Yeah, oh, those cities, those cities were gorgeous, yeah. So, yeah, so, that was book... 18. Uh, 18? Yeah. <laughs> so next up, we're actually going to take a detour and read Megamorphs number two in the time of the dinosaurs. So three guesses about what's going to happen in that book. They're going to turn into dinosaurs. No, I can't believe you got it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I never thought you would guess. I have no memory of this book, but except for being excited that they turned into dinosaurs. Same. Um, yeah. I, I hope they actually do turn into dinosaurs. Like, clearly they're not going to get to keep those morphs because anytime yeah. there's time shenanigans, like, you don't get to keep your cool oh, morphs. No. But unfortunately. If somebody doesn't get to be a T-Rex, I will be sad. I am alarmed, though, because when we were looking up the Transformers toys. Oh. They have dinosaur ones. Yes. They also have one. Oh my god, all, the fusion one! They all combine. I to hate form that a fusion. I dino, hate that. I hate that toy. I, I. That's I, not I how really, morphing works, right? Yeah, I don't want them to to fuse into no, one. No, 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 no. Oh, the, the thing that I forgot to mention um, while reading this book. I love Go all of Axe's descriptions. Go on. I love all of them. Um, but there have been Steven Universe episodes every day. <laughs> For the past three weeks. Um, Axe with a little tape recorder. There's been a lot of Peridot. Yeah. <laughs> um, every time Axe tried to describe Earth things and was very proud of knowing Earth things, my brain just converted it into Peridot's voice. <laughs> um, even though, like, um, Axe, I, Axe does not have the same temperament as no. Peridot. Um, but it's a like current paradox where she's excited about Earth is exactly who Axe is. Yep. Um, so it's just like, oh... That I can't, I can't not hear that voice oh, echoing man. through my head. It did go away as the book went on, <laughs> but the first couple of chapters where he's in the mall talking about how he's so good at being an Earth yep. human, the, the like have delighted mouths. arrogance, yeah. Humans eat food. <laughs> <laughs> Humans wear clothes. <laughs> um, that was that was good. Both yeah. things are good. <laughs> um, Yes, they better not form like a fusion T Rex. Oh, I, I will. I will quit. It. I will quit the podcast. <laughs> I will quit reading. I will quit consuming stories of any kind. <laughs> I will become a banker. I, <laughs> I, I will, will flee. I will retreat from the world of stories in its entirety. I'll go back to my <laughs> other career. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so that was episode twenty-one. Yes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at @morphclubcast. You can um, chat with us using the hashtag at MorphClubCast or in our Facebook group, the Morph Club Clubhouse, which you can also find by searching for MorphClubCast. 
Uh, I wanted to say thank you. I'm going to mispronounce their name, but Vry, uh, Vry wrote a beautiful, thoughtful, and kind write-up yeah. about the podcast uh, that was published on the Mary Sue recently, um, which was really, really totally made my day. It was incredibly kind. So thanks to them. Thanks to everybody at the Mary Sue. Yeah, I think we got a couple new listeners from yeah. that, which is really cool. Like, I, I was really, like, I was really touched by that and also that they were, like, on Twitter saying, like, I just started listening because of the Mary Sue thing. That yeah. was so nice. Yeah, so um, welcome, everybody. Yeah, I hope you... Get hype for teen sorrow. <laughs> get excited for this dinosaur book if you get this far. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um... Oh, and you can also leave us a review on iTunes if you... If that's something you're into. Yeah. If you have a minute, if you have a minute to leave us a rating and a review, that helps other folks talk to us about animorphs, and we love that. Yeah. Um. So I think that's about it. Yep. Um. This is the Morph Club. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. See you next time. Bye.